apps. I mean, of course, it wasn't the first one for Bitcoin, but it was the first one with, uh, with that level of impact where so many people were so heavily invested, were losing so much. So I was happy that, you know, I, I was there and I experienced that because this didn't upset me, but I was emotionally touched. And I don't know about you, Ronald, but I, I read yesterday this guy on Twitter, he was talking to um, uh, Don, you know, the, uh, Don, what's his name? Don Quang, Don Wang. I always yeah, forget. Yeah. Uh, and he said like, oh my God, dude, all my savings were in this. And, you know, I had all my money tied up in Luna and I lost everything and you know there's this one evil part of me that thinks dude you're an idiot and then there's this other part of me that feels so so bad for this guy right so yeah, and if it's if it's that volatile and things can just disappear overnight then uh, in the long run i think it's good for because if would if no company would ever fail then what does that say about the whole scene? Then it's just, you know, baked air, if you if, if you if you would. Uh, but, you know, so seeing things fail, seeing companies and experiments fail actually provides legitimacy to the rest. I yeah. think it's a good thing, but still, you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it's quite drastic and yeah. unexpected. I didn't yeah. also expect it to go to 0.3 cents within two days. Yeah, it was like, uh, I, w I had people texting me going like, oh, did you see the Luna slaughter? And I didn't even I hadn't even seen it. I was like, I looked at it. I was like, oh, my God. So, uh, yeah, but um, I agree with what you said about, you know, not everything can work. Not everything can always be a success. Uh, in fact, I read this week on Twitter, there's a, a Dutch guy called Bert Slachter, who's quite, he's a, a Bitcoin maximalist. Um, uh, they have a great podcast called Satoshi Radio. I highly recommend anybody that is into crypto to listen to that if you can speak Dutch. If you can't speak Dutch, they have another crypto uh, podcast called uh, Connect the World, which is English. It's very, very interesting. Anyway, but Bert, Bert said, it's like a, a bushfire. You know, every once in a while, the lightning strikes and you get a bushfire, but it cleans away all the old stuff all the you know the the broken down trees and it turns them back into to mineral minerals and back into you know uh breathing or what would they call it like uh, resources or nutrients for, oh, for yes yeah i, 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 I really like that analogy actually exactly i like that too so anyway uh we're going to talk about terra but uh, we, we kind of skipped over so much product uh ronald uh you've been on the show before i think i'm not sure but just yes. in case people haven't seen or heard it before, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I, I actually I was on the show before in January when uh, when I just started as a, a product owner, product manager, and um, yeah. So my responsibility here is to guide the development of the products that we are building, the platform uh, for hosting the metaspaces and the marketplace, basically everything that's on the top half of our roadmap. Um, yeah, so for those of you that didn't know, Ronald and me are colleagues. We both work for Beamup. We both yeah. both working on your open metaverse. Yes, of course. And this is our office, and you are at home. That's why we're talking through microphones uh, remotely and not next to each other. Yeah, um, I had to go to the physio, and this way we can also both have excellent quality camera and excellent quality microphone, so that we have an extra nice podcast recording after this one. And you can show off your home, right? It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's a Christmas tree back there. Uh, no, no, the Christmas tree is gone. The, actually, okay. I don't know if we did any episodes with my Christmas tree, but I can be, tell you it's a sight to behold. So this year we'll have Christmas tree on the stream for sure. Good. <laughs> no, so I and, and before that, I worked in a lot of other digital companies. I was there when we when, you know, the app, app adoption was there for the first time with the first like iPhone launch. And I was uh, uh, helping make app 
apps back then. And when the internet uh, kind of started to get popular in 1999, I was working on a service desk to you know explain to people how they could dial into the internet. So I feel like this is all these revolutions um, and I, it kind of feels the same like that. And I remember yesterday suddenly that back in the day, back in like 1999, people called it cyberspace. Remember that? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, that was like, after are, are you already it. in cyberspace? And then there were these news articles about uh, something happening in cyberspace and cyberspace. And everyone was like, what is going to be the future of cyberspace? <laughs> and then I suddenly realized like maybe what we call metaverse now is going to end up exactly like cyberspace. We call it cyberspace until we're there, and then we just call it the internet. Yeah, Maybe yeah. the same thing is going to happen. It's um, it's an interesting thing you say. Actually, I have a, I have a really funny story now. Now I remember that I need to tell it because I think everybody will find it funny. So yes, at the time, you know, they were talking about cyberspace, which was, by the way, after they called it the electronic highway or just before. I don't know. That was also, you know, in for a while there. But um, I had a friend, or I still have a friend, and this is this guy's name is is his real name is Pim. Okay, but we game together. We, we we grew up being neighbors and then I moved away, but we stayed friends and we really did a lot of gaming in the early days, early days of the internet. And even before that, we would I would go to his place, stay there for a week on a summer holiday, and I, we would sit next to each other behind the same PC. You remember those days when you played Wacky Wheels and I was on the left side of the keyboard and he was on the right side? So anyway, we because it was cyberspace we both came up with these super amazing names for our game characters this was early days right the first time when we were young kids we had to come up with names and the first names we ever came up with was cyber dude and cyber ace <laughs> yeah so yeah, but those were interesting days right the first time you connect computers together and then you realize in doom that you can actually see each other and walk around and then start hitting each other with guns right that was that was blown away for yeah me, that least. was mind-blowing i i remember that i played this uh, game uh, duke nukem 3d at some point and and then i moved over to playing with a mouse which was the first time before that i'd always moved all on the keyboard and then i played with a mouse Gosh. and then i did a dial-up connection to a friend and we played and then we figured out you could fight each other and i was just owning the shit out of him because he was still playing with his keyboard <laughs> Oh, Marky Mark is in chat and he says Worms co-op days. Did you ever play Worms? Yeah, yeah. But I don't ever remember playing Worms actually on a remote line. I think it was just on the couch co-op. Yeah, I think we mostly played Worms on LAN parties. Uh, did, you, oh, did you ever do LAN parties back in those days? I was at Mega LAN 16 in Rotterdam. I don't know how long that was ago. I should look it up, but it was like in a cellar of a thing. And we went there with a rented van and we were all in the back of the van with, between our big CRT monitors. And then we took yeah. a corner and oh. things fell over us. It was... Oh. The, those monitors, man. Kids today have no idea the the lengths. I, I'm sounding like a boomer now. I know I sound like a boomer, but this kids boomer today talk. have no idea the lengths we went through to be able to play a game with our friend. We'd be carrying a, a screen that was like I don't know, 15 kilos of glass, and then we had a, a desktop PC which was just a hunk of metal, which super. Sure. I mean. Uh, but you could use the CD-ROM drive for like a beer holder, right? So we just That's put true. it in there. That was very useful, which reminds me, I need to go get a beer in a second. But, um, oh my God, chat's blown up here. Soldier of Fortune and Diablo on LAN, Age of yeah, Empires. Diablo. Yeah, Cloning played that too. Diablo. Yeah, Diablo, yeah. Oh, at a friend's house in the washing room with four guys. <laughs> this sounds like the premise for a really bad YouTube video. Um, yeah. Yeah, those were the days. 
those were the days those were the days of the first dot com boom and um yeah you might be right maybe maybe we won't be calling it the metaverse anymore in a few years from now maybe it'll have another name um but no matter what we're going to be calling it it's it's i still believe that um we're definitely in for another ride like this one where things are really going to change for us which uh, brings me to another interesting topic which we have on the agenda today um meta mundo the interoperable portal now for those of you that have been uh listening or watching our show you know that we've we've mentioned these guys many times before uh they're also a dutch startup company they're in amsterdam and they already launched their oh what's this somebody's calling me oh cameraman nope oh, not available uh they they've launched a well what they call the meta portal and they've already launched the fur their first ever um 3d nft alongside of it so ronald maybe maybe you can comment a little bit on why it's so important that there are projects like like metamundo yeah. and perhaps a bit on what they're doing yeah so the reason why i think it's important to follow what they're doing and follow what uh, uh others are doing that are uh go get that beer uh others are doing that that are also in this space is that um what, what Metamundo is releasing is portals that work in different metaverses. So the, the, the big thing about the metaverse is interoperability. You know, you need to have things that work across different experiences, across different meta spaces, across different game engines, doesn't matter how you call it, um, across different vendors, you could even say. And what they promised to do and what they actually have been delivering on, according at least to the screenshots that I've seen uh, yesterday, mm -hmm. is they have made portals, items that you could buy. And one of the, I don't think he's here now, but one of the colleagues here also yeah, Daniel, has one. Yeah, Daniel, our, our founder, Daniel, our very our own founder. founder. As a portal. And you could you could basically redeem that a couple of days ago for an NFT uh, on Ethereum. And that NFT had something special going on because uh, uh, linked to that NFT were all kinds of sub-NFTs for each different game. So there's a Decentraland thing, there's a Sandbox thing. I think they're coming, coming up with one or two other things as well. And the way they do it is that allows them to um, uh, establish this portal in all these different worlds. And that is... Uh, contributing significantly to interoperability and it's a very interesting approach and so that's why I'm quite following it uh, yeah. quite uh, closely yeah yeah it's super interesting do you know of any other projects out there that are doing the same thing so far um well not exactly like this uh I did see another project today or yesterday a tech demo where they at least showed switching uh avatars by you know selecting other things from your wallet but that wasn't yet cross engine but I did see from the way they do it that they use files that should be reusable across engines a little mm. bit uh yeah so I'm going I I'm coming from an engineering background right so if you talk to me it goes quite quickly into detail into technical no, stuff no 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 so do it do it do it because i actually have already my next question for you because something that i think about a lot uh, when when we're doing you know our stuff when we're talking to the companies that we talk to and when i'm preparing these these shows is, is that the internet right the world wide web the cyberspace the electronic highway it was built eventually it was built on open standards and although what eventually evolved into the internet and social media as we know today might not be you know the ideal situation as we wanted in terms of you know our own control over our privacy our profiles uh the companies that have the you know the biggest cloud on there i, I won't mention them now but and, and there's an opportunity now to change that going forward into this, you know, metaverse future. But 
we don't really have any open standards for the metaverse yet, do we? No, no. So the, the one thing that's clearly missing right now is a shared standard for how do you define items that are usable in different places. What, how do, what should you put, put you, should you like, what should you specify about them? Should you tell what the color is or should you tell, is it a shoe or is it a hat? Or should you just say that it goes on your feet or, or <laughs> goes on your hand? And so how do you define that? Mm -hmm. And there are different approaches. Decentraland has a nice document how, about how they solve it from their side. Yeah. Um, we also have uh, an approach by, by the way, on our own uh, uh, Gitbook, our white mm -hmm. paper. Um, it's quite similar. It's all based on 3D modeling and how, how these, these, these rigs work. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's going to come together, but there is, as far as I know, no standard yet about how to do this, uh, unless you would see like what the game engines dictate, but there's also a couple of different game yeah. engines. So yeah. there again, there's no real standardization yet. No. I, I recently read an article or I watched a video, I think, uh, on Roblox and they yeah. actually recently implemented uh, something that allows them to put different skins on basically every model right because uh, right until, i yeah. saw that with shrinking that yeah. it so somehow fits yeah. yeah and it's super super crazy because apparently they used nasa rocket technology which you know uses some kind of mathematical stuff to describe how you fit shapes i, I it's, it's way beyond my my i was gonna say pay grade but it's just uh, way, way outside of my field of expertise or knowledge but it's super but interesting it's that and problem it, indeed because yeah. if you have an avatar with an alien head and you buy a hat and then you switch you sell the hat to your friend and your friend looks like pikachu how do you make that hat like look right on pikachu while you don't ever have combined those two things before how do you solve that exactly. and that's that's i think one of the biggest challenges and there are some steps already getting clear like there's uh, like i said a couple of these properties that you can already uh, see coming and there's mm -hmm. the glp files which is like yep. a 3d model standard that's quite clearly out there you can even already use it in your phantom wallets and in your yep. uh, metamask wallets they will already like rotate like items uh yeah and the rest is uh, uh up for grabs i think and yep. uh, i'm wondering what's happening and then at the same time you see companies like ready player me who mm -hmm. basically bypass that whole problem by just yep. putting avatars on their server and mm -hmm. just telling everyone it doesn't have to be decentralized just just you know use our service and then download our avatar and you're done and people <laughs> just need to go to our website to customize their and yep. and it you know there's a lot of uh, um, well, well, interesting as well. Yeah, there's loads of interest. I mean, look at the success Ready Play Me is having uh, so far. Spatial integrated them recently as well. And of course, yeah. there's a lot to be said for something that just works um, if there's no obvious downside, right? Um, well, I don't think it's sustainable. I think in the end, it's still stored on a server somewhere and they're going to turn it into some kind of a business model, probably where you have to pay for every minute that you use your avatar or something like that. So at one point, I don't think it's, I think through ownership, um, it needs to be on your wallet. The files need to be on uh, decentralized file storage. Yeah, but, it needs but, to be yours. Okay. And I believe that too, right? Don't get me wrong. I do. But I do ask myself the question sometimes. Does it, the fact that you and me believe in it doesn't really mean that that is necessarily what's going to happen or has to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, as we say in Dutch, or Jan met de pet, or, you know, your average Joe in English, they, they just want care. something that works, they want, right? They want to look and they want to have something that looks cool. And I don't know exactly how much uh, Ready Player Me allows customization based on existing stuff that you have here in your wallet, right? And does it work with Solana and also with Ethereum or only, only with Ethereum? I don't know exactly, uh, to be honest. 
But uh, yeah, that might be sufficient for people to just get in there. But I think the sustainable thing, the long-term thing, is mostly the open step. Look back what what survives. Even yeah. the proprietary Apple phone connector is <laughs> being abolished now. And what what is what is there? What remains? It's the USB standard, which was an open standard. So I think that's the most sustainable thing, and that's the long-term thing. Um, yeah, and, and at the end of the day, storing your profile information with Ready Player Me is basically for me the same as storing your profile information with Facebook. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, look, I feel the same, but I do I do worry sometimes that it's only because we're in this industry, in this technology, because we're kind of geeks that way that we're even aware of that. I mean, one of my best friends, I mentioned him before, Mr. Cyberdude, aka Pim, you know, he is super afraid of security uh, breach all the time. And uh, hell! Our own CEO, Legacy Lex, is afraid of security breach all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. He knows this. But and I'm not saying that wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's it's a good way to look at it. In fact, if anything, I'm probably too too laid back about it. But the truth is, is that I probably represent in that sense. And there are not not a lot of ways in which I do represent, you know, most people. But in this way, I probably represent most people better because I really, I don't really care about that. I just want stuff to work and be fun most of the time. And I think that is, it's going to be very interesting to see how that thing progresses because ultimately what drives adoption of new technology is some killer app or something that everybody wants to use, right? And so the question is, what will that be? And will that be something that promotes a decentralized um, metaverse? So I have another interesting way that I think maybe, you know, some of these issues, however, with avatars could be solved. So let's have a quick look at that. Maybe I'm completely wrong because I don't always understand everything, but the world's first combinable or composable is a different word that has been used. NFTs have been launched. Um, and Metacore, although I'm not... So I, I don't really mean what that. I think that's just a platform, right? Is that? Yeah, the platform? I think that's just yes. one of the like a gaming solution that uses uh, these composable NFTs. Yeah. So they're composable NFTs, and uh, how much are you into those, uh, Ronald? Because I think it's an extremely interesting concept. The 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 the, the number three six six four got dropped a couple of weeks ago in one of the. Uh, metaverse exploring sessions and i started diving into it like oh, sounds interesting 3664 is this another illuminati reference <laughs> no it's like the number of the proposal all these things that change in ethereum in the protocol level are numbered and you have 721 you have 15 uh, i don't know by heart and now there's 3664 so I, I i started reading up about it and you know what it promises to do is that you you already have a bunch of nfts right so you have an ape and you have a crypto punk and some other stuff um, and what this promises to do is that you can combine those separate NFTs, burn them, basically get rid of them. But in return, you will get a combined single item, which is the collection of all those items. And maybe you can also, you know, revert it and get them back. The nice thing about that is that it allows for curating. So, for instance, your favorite artist, Taylor Swift, might have bought this special board ape that looks like her. And then this and this cyberpunk and, you know, a couple of other things. And um, she combines them together, which is her work. Um, and then you have a single collection yeah. curated by her. She sells that on the market, which again changes the value of the items, of course. 
Um, and that unlocks a lot of new po uh, possibilities for... Okay, but wait, but, but now I'm starting to wonder whether I completely misunderstood it then. Because when I introduced it before, I said, here's another way that they might be able to solve the problem of avatars. And the reason I said it like that was because I thought that this, what this introduced was the ability to fuse different NFTs together. And so in my mind, I was thinking, what if you have one avatar and one platform and you have another avatar on a different platform and you can't actually bring them across but you could fuse those nfts together so it's still part of one single super profile and so you you know you still get the interoperability so to speak and the ease of frictionless access but that's not how it works then no because there's still going to be avatars on different blockchains right you're still going to have solana items and you're going to have very rich people with ethereum wallets so i don't think i for that matter i think as long as you keep stuff in your wallets there's going to be someone that creates some kind of a multi-wallet like metamask should just add solana support right i mean you have the marketplace the the open sea they now add solana support so the next step logically is that metamask also does it and then you should be able to select from different wallets from different blockchains whatever you want to wear and whatever you yeah. want to be that day like, so you basically your, your wallet will turn into <laughs> into uh uh, address, address, addresser, address, dress call. Yeah, what I, think, call that? I think what Addressing you're going to get that people are going to get multiple wallets and they have one wallet for their work outfit that they use on like Microsoft Teams of the future. And then they have one wallet that they that they have an identity uh, for Saturday night. I don't know, you know, a, a, a more funky thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be like, right? Uh, and some people already have multiple wallets for multiple purposes because okay. wallets can also be used to basically get a lot of info about you if you give your wallet address to someone they can see everything you have everything you own everything you've done so there's a lot of it's nice that it's transparent but there's also a lot of implications that come with that so you're going to get different it's kind of different it, it is kind of interesting isn't it because in a way if you would connect your wallet like because the, what metacore is also advertising with is uh, the first uh the first metaverse identity right so that's 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 their credo so the first composable right. NFTs are used for that. But if you connect your wallet directly to who you really are, you know, uh, uh, and you're going to go around the metaverse with that, it's kind of like making your Google Maps history, yeah. which everybody can see, by the way, if you're yeah. using it, available to everybody. So basically, so your, your ex-girlfriend can see, you know, where you've been doing your cyber um, dating. <laughs> Yeah. So if you're going to get your, your uh, like an in-store, uh, I don't know, like a, a hybrid concept that one day you walk in downtown and someone asks you, hey, scan your wallet here and then you're going to get like an airdrop and you give your wallet. And at the same time, you also have some other information about your phone, like, your, I don't know, your, 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 your Mac address or whatever that thing, that thing is emitting all day. Yeah. Then it's very easy to build profiles like that. So there's, I think there's, but we, that's not what we're talking about now, but I think there's a big risk there for data mining kinds of things. You can mine the blockchain quite easily and then yeah. start sending people NFTs with ads. Um, please don't do it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um, anyone that's listening, if anyone has that idea. <laughs> Don't do it. But oh, yeah, uh, by the no, way, no, perhaps I should. It's, it's, it's interesting because it allows for new like marketplace kind mm -hmm. like market models. People people could actually get a job collecting a bunch of items, combining them together, putting their stamp on it, and then sell, reselling that. And that will have value, and that will change the value of because the work has value. Yeah. And they could earn money. There there would be a job for that in the metaverse. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is oh man, we could go down this rabbit hole. We could. Because this is, whenever people say to me, like, oh, the metaverse, you know, uh, artificial intelligence, it's just going to cause jobs and it's going to ruin the world. And then we talk about stuff like this and you say something like that. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's 
there's so many new opportunities coming our way so many interesting new jobs that will appear like you know there maybe there will be somebody in the future who's just busy coming up with these composable nfts and, and you know how how you can make different new combinations or maybe yep. they're just busy making sure that we don't get crazy combinations god knows or that the, the, the identities are actually true in some way i don't know anyway um cool let's uh maybe not talk about all this different uh dangerous stuff uh because you said legacy lex is watching and i don't want him to uh to go into the weekend all afraid about the, the dangers of the metaverse um <laughs> so um there's uh there's uh there's uh, let's see what else do we have that we need to talk about today ah yes so uh ronald where do you live utrecht i can see my house from here yeah oh yeah for those that don't know our offices are in utrecht uh i okay that's a real shame that you live in utrecht well it's not a shame that you live in utrecht utrecht is very nice okay but um some people like myself live in another little city in the netherlands called amsterdam and uh i don't know if you heard this but amsterdam is actually gonna be the first uh place in the world where there's gonna be a real metaverse festival yes you heard that right so some people that we know in amsterdam um are organizing met ms so ams stands for amsterdam so met ams is metaverse festival in the netherlands and it's a festival and, and the reason i'm i'm saying this several times is because it's definitely something different than a conference so what do you ronald what do you think of when you think of a festival well, I think if you compare it to the festival of festivals, which is South by Southwest, uh, I've been there <laughs> once. Okay, thankfully. shots fired. <laughs> and uh, um, uh, no, no, seriously. I mean, that was uh, uh, an enlightening experience. Like it was, it felt like walking in the future because there were, everyone was there. Like all the companies that were doing like things that were completely out there and that you didn't even hear about. And they already had like working prototypes to play with. It was amazing. Um, if it's going to be anything like that, if they model it like that, and that's maybe maybe they they will because they call it a festival as well. Um, then yeah, then that would be awesome. Uh, South by Southwest, is, uh, and there's also a very nice music festival connected to it. I, so I it's like work I, work kind of things at day, and then music stuff at night, which I love. Okay, so South by Southwest is a I did look. I, I feel ashamed not right now. I'm sure people are gonna burn me for this, but I had no idea what South by Southwest was but until you mentioned it just now. Um, uh, so Jeroen and Nicola, if you're watching, they're on my marketing team. Please make sure that we put this in the agenda for next year. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Take me along, please. <laughs> Thank you, Ronald, for, for, for bringing that up. But yeah, so, um, but yeah, festival, the description you just gave, that's exactly what I think of as well. Most of my life, I've only been to, you know, the standard music festivals, you know, uh, your, uh, your, uh, your lowlands here in the Netherlands, or uh, your uh, Burning Man, if you're uh, really international and rich, or, or just you adventures, I don't know. Huh? Did you go to Burning Man? No, I didn't. No, I'm not cool enough. M maybe one day. This week we actually spoke about going to Wasteland uh, in the office, but I, I chickened out. It's uh, it's a little bit too exhibitionist for me, I think. <laughs> but um, but Metamass. So let's let's get let's get back to the topic. <laughs> Uh, Lowlands, oh, somebody in chat is like, uh, Lowlands has public speakers too. Yes, Lowlands has public speakers too. This is true, Marky, but it's not like, you know, it's not the main theme or anything. Um, the music is the main theme. But Metamask, uh, supposedly, it's the first time, right? So let's be honest, any any festival's first year is always a little bit tricky. 
um metaverse was a big hype now we are in the bear market so my um you know i really hope that it all works out for the organization um which is also of course why i'm making an effort right now to mention it here to to spread the word because we want this to be a success why do we want this to be a success well your open metaverse and beam up our dutch company we want amsterdam to be the metaverse capital of the world and of course in the metaverse there's no such thing as location or distance um but still you know in the physical world we'll have places like silicon valley in amsterdam where uh, things are happening or you know there's probably something like that in china i, I do apologize to the asian people out there if i if i'm not aware of this please make me aware of what is you know the best city in asia or in china um for metaverse uh, stuff but uh, metamask is gonna be super cool it's gonna be focused on culture it's gonna be focused on the actual impact on on on, on the lives of of normal people artists entertainers um in terms of the metaverse so it's not going to be extremely techy it's not going to be only about crypto it's not going to be somewhere where you don't want to go because you know there's only really boring people talking about tech stacks hopefully only not about nfts and apes because most people are basically sick of that by now exactly exactly so there's going to be people like ronald and people like me you know who like to fantasize about crazy new worlds and uh, talk about uh, you know the cool stuff that come along comes along with it and hopefully we'll see some really cool stuff uh in fact there's going to be one event which i have to admit it's very early days but you heard it here first we are working uh on providing a virtual concert with virtual avatars by a particularly talented dutch young lady dj um at metamass so if you haven't put metamass in your calendar yet Make sure that you do so now and make sure to be there because it's going to be super cool. Did I forget anything, Ronald? No, I don't think so. Okay. Me neither. It said here on my uh, script for today, it said chill at mess. So I think we did that. That worked. <laughs> I'm going, but I was already going, so. Yeah. Um, cool. Well... I have to say I'm kind of through the script because we didn't have a very long episode for today. So, Chad, are you out there? Is there anything you still want to talk about? What's interesting going on in the metaverse? Anything you want to know from us? This is your last chance. Speak up or be silent forever. Until next week. <laughs> Until next week. Ronald, is there anything you still want to say to the audience? Anything I didn't say yet? um no i think we kind of touched upon a couple of interesting topics and it would be nice maybe to return later another time uh, to discuss what's happening then i mean as everything is going so fast there's always lots of stuff to discuss so um so uh, i think uh, that would be nice but if, if the, the most relevant things to to me uh, are right now like what are we going to be doing to get all these things working more together and uh, we should be thinking about that and we should be collaborating on that uh, because if if that's not happening someone else maybe a big social network that has a <laughs> lot of communities already is just going to step forward and provide a solution that is just good enough for everyone to just work with and then you know we're that will turn web 3 into a disaster again right and we don't want to redo the web 2 problem i think yeah that's a very good one um i would like to extend that invitation not just in in the sense that you know i agree with you that we should if you're out there if you at some point in future 
happen to click on the show on Spotify and you're listening to this particular episode, it's your responsibility, right? The future is ours. So if you want to have an impact on how this new virtual reality on top of our physical reality is going to look, how it's going to work, how, you know, consensus mechanisms works, whatever, you have an opportunity to be a part of that. So take that opportunity. It's, it's not just a chance and not just an opportunity. It's a responsibility. Um, but I'd also like to make it very concrete. We actually... Um, we struggle with these things all the time. And for this particular show, the state of the metaverse, we're always looking for people to invite, um, to have an interesting conversation with. Now this week, we're having a little bit of a laid back episode. I brought Ronald on to have a nice little chat, you know, make everything easy going. But there's a long, there's many weeks to go this year. And we'd w like to have most of those weeks filled with someone interesting. So if you know somebody that has something to say on the metaverse, on where we're going, whether it be positive or negative, whether they're critical or super enthusiastic. We'd love to get them on the show. So please step forward or, you know, nominate your friends. Um, we'll get in touch with them and we'd like to, have, like to have a conversation with them. There are some questions in chat. I'll answer those. Uh, Joachim says, is your open metaverse open for music festivals itself on the platform? Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean... Um, if, if a big festival would come forward and they'd say to us, look, we want to build a festival on your platform that we can reuse every year, but we can upgrade every year where we can build, you know, mind-blowing experiences, untethered, unlimited by, you know, normal realities or by other platforms like the Centerland or Sandbox because they have specific requirements, um, then yeah, of course, we're totally open for that. But... Yeah, they'll there's have to also bring... possibilities for warm-up, right? And for cool-down uh, parties around the real festival. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say they need to bring the Duku to do it, but that's also true. That's, that's <laughs> the, of course, of course. Uh, uh, but the, the nice thing is these 3D worlds, they don't rot. They, they don't, don't rust. rot. You don't no. have to ride them out into a storage box and store them for 42 weeks until you can get the tents back out. And let's put it back on the ground. I was going to say, have you ever broken down a tent at a festival afterwards or broken down any event uh, for that matter? It's a lot of hard work. Uh, it's disgusting. Everything. It costs a lot yeah. of money. If yeah. you build it in a metaverse, you can always change it, but you never have to clean it up. Which, uh, by the, the way, the concept is there to hmm? get right is that you need to. I mean, I love going to festivals myself and I'm always watching the bands and the performers, right? So this will work if it's really, and I, I, I always loved, I have, I have this wish list. I want to go to Primavera Sound and mm -hmm. I never did because it's in Barcelona. It's, uh, somehow it just never happens. But I would love to just go to a digital version of something around Primavera, maybe with a couple of uh, acts, maybe with a bit more. Is this in Barcelona, uh, Ronald? I think it's in Barcelona, yeah. yeah you, do, you do know that I promised on LinkedIn that our uh, future... <laughs> <laughs> I promised that uh, our Ned, uh, we're gonna do an event in Barcelona next year, right? Yeah, nice. <laughs> I promised that. Oh, I Alex is super happy with it. He he's totally for it. <laughs> so we can we can go Maybe there. Maybe time it around Primavera would be nice. No, but I think so. For that to work, you need to be able to really uh, digital digitize movement yeah. of singers, guitar players, uh, uh, artists, and um, performing artists. And but we're I think I saw that. a video a couple of days ago of some company that was like deep into that and they just launched. Do you, do you know that? Well, what I do know is that Manus VR, which by the way, we work with Manus VR as well for the hand, uh, hand mocap. They released a new set of gloves 
that are specifically usable for really high um, uh, precision movement. So for right. artists, for musicians, or for DJs, where it's really important if you want to see what they're doing on the turntables or how they play the guitar, that is yeah. absolutely essential. So they released a new hat, ha hand uh, mocap uh, stuff for that so that you can actually do that. And we work with Manus VR, so in fact, we've, we've reached out to them to see if we can get our hands on this, uh, this new, this new, um, these new handsets. Daniel, I think, is, is on that. Uh, just cool. like we've also uh, made a brand new deal with Xsense, Movella, you know, to uh, to always get the best of their stuff going forward, uh, because that's another thing that we're using. And all of this, you know, as far as it's available and we can get it up and running before the MetaMask Festival, hopefully we'll be able to showcase some of it in the virtual event. So no promises. Cool. Don't, don't, I didn't promise anything. Just saying, this is my disclaimer. Uh, but we always try to do, we all try to under promise over deliver, but usually I end up, you know, just teasing people with a lot of stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> at some point cool um you will get open stage events yeah what i wanted to say about that festivals and vr festivals it's super secular right i'm reading every day on linkedin from case klomp which is a dutch uh, professor about you know how we need to save the planet and how going into a secular economy is going to be super important well nothing's more secular than the metaverse bold statements bold statements <laughs> Here, 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 should I do the, the thing where people say like, no, but crypto takes a lot of uh, energy. <laughs> Can I do that? No? You're really good at this. Um, yeah, but that's that's um, that's nonsense. Uh, crypto, it takes a lot of energy compared to what? No, yeah, I mean, it, I would I would agree. Compared it, of to, course, to the energy we use for producing meat? But what, what do you think a generator at Lowlands costs to, to just run the lights? Exactly. Like Lowlands Festival. Yes. And what does it use? It uses, it guzzles diesel. Oh. Yeah, you're right. So, so um, I think we covered that topic. Oh, there's a there's somebody in the chat I need to say hi to. It's uh, Brian Prinzi. We need a way to experience smells in the metaverse for group cookouts. <laughs> It's one of the last. Uh, what is this? Sintuigen. What is Sintuigen in, in English? Your senses. One of the last senses to capture, right? Together with real touch, like. Uh, well, on on the CSS this year, is that CSS Consumer Electronics? No, CES. CES. CES this year, Consumer Electronics uh, Expo in uh, in Vegas. They uh, they actually had this device which you hang on your VR headset and it hangs on your chest here, and it has about six holes in it, and each hole can produce a different smell. So it's not exactly like the full spectrum of smells in the world, but they could, you know, do different combinations of smells that you can experience in a virtual experience. So funny enough, they're already working on this. And I also saw multiple articles in the last two weeks that they actually made an, uh, uh, like, um, an add-on for a headset that plugs in the headset here. And it uses like, I don't know, infrared or something to project at your, at your lips so that you can yeah. feel like stuff with your lips so you could kiss in virtual reality so yeah. i'm not so i'm not that deep in uh, to be but honest like i kissing? think the, the whole future of the metaverse is 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 haptic. I, I don't really you don't believe, believe in the, the haptic future classes. of the metaverse i i believe that it's going to be more like we see now happening already like roblox just f people on phones walking around virtual avatars connecting their wallets i don't think that's going to be with vr glasses in the end Maybe for the performers, of course. Of course, it's not going to be with VR glasses. Stuff. But this is the start of the tech. I mean, look, look at, look at, look at this. 
right? First mobile phone that my dad ever brought home was like this big. It was like a brick. And, and, it, and, needed and car it was in a suitcase. Right? And it cost yeah. like 20,000 euros, right? That was started in the 90s. And look at this now. True. This True. has t a million times the possibilities and the power. And it fits in my pocket. And the only reason it's this big is because people want to have a big screen. If yeah. they didn't want that, you know, it could probably be this big. So imagine if they're starting to work on tech that can have give you haptic, you know, feedback on your skin or sense of smell in the metaverse. Right now, it's not practical, but, you know, 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, it's going to be a totally different story, I think. Yeah, well, let me put it in another way. How do you see people interacting with the metaverse while combining their lives at home with people at home, right? And, and right now what you can do is you're on, you're on your phone, whatever, and then someone talks to you, oh, what? And if you have this thing on your head, you can't even drink from a glass if you have a thing on your head. So yeah, but how, how do you see that? Well, okay, so here's the one. I lived in Ireland for several years. I worked for a certain company there. Sorry, inside joke, inside joke. I'm sure Alex is laughing right now. And um, and the fact was my mom was here in the Netherlands and so was my dad and so was my sister. And I only had the opportunity to fly home once every two months, right? So the best thing I had, which is already lucky because I live in this day and age, is I could call with them, right? But now imagine that with, you know, I've already, I think I have a picture, I have a video of it here, teleportation. They recently used augmented reality teleportation technology to bring scientists to the International Space Station, right? So they were basically there, uh, virtually. Now imagine that you can do that. So I'm at home in my house in Ireland. I just put on a pair of glasses that fit really comfortably, snugly. They, they, they see my surroundings, so I can walk around my own house, but they project my family members that are in the Netherlands into my field of vision. And I have some sense of haptic feedback I can perhaps, you know, even smell them or at least smell the cooking that my mom is doing. That kind of experience. That, I mean, yes, if you're living with your family, with your kids and your wife, you're not going to put, you're not going to put up with the tech if you don't need to. But this tech can give us the opportunity in the future to cover distances so that we can be closer to the ones we love, the people that we want to interact with, uh, when otherwise we might not have been, or when otherwise the cost, you know, or the carbon footprint flying to the Netherlands or something like that would have been very high. So yeah. that's the way I see that. Yeah, actually, it's a fair point. If you could combine like these experience and really make them so you know, blurred between each other that you just basically sit in a room and half of the people would be there and half of the people would be somewhere else. Uh, yeah, that, that could actually work. Yeah. But then, you know, the glasses need to become smaller and they are getting have you smaller. Seen, have you seen, I, I don't, I hate to say it, but have you seen Cambria? The first pictures yeah, of it? Yeah, I think it's, it's like, uh, no. I read okay. something about it that they now have color passed through, but I, I thought it was... Yeah, they basically not, look not, like ski goggles. They, look, me, they look like ski goggles. They're like this thick. Right. Then they have pass-through. So you can turn it off where you can have augmented reality and see everything, or you can turn it on and you have full VR and it's no longer this thick. It's no longer... Yeah, yeah one of like those. This. There's one over here as well, yeah. It, it's, it's not like this anymore, but it's actually like, you know, it's we're becoming gonna be, We're going to be more mentioning like those things as the Nokias of the... Right? Uh, yeah. 10 years from now, we're going to be this mentioning gonna be those future, things. This is going to be the future, Ronald. We're going to be... I'm gonna be talking to you like this, like, hey, how you doing, man? This reminds me of a different, a certain character from Star Trek, wasn't it? Like the visor. And the <laughs> yes, thing. yes. I see, there's now also sunglasses. That Jordy like LaForge. Polaroid has these full visor things going on. Maybe that's yep. gonna be it.
Exactly. Oh, uh, Joachim said, um, did you guys see Next Mind? It reads the mind, but very slowly. Well, that wouldn't work for me then. But um, Next Mind. I didn't see that, but I see I saw a tech demo a couple of years ago where they wired into someone's head and they had like implants in the right place and they could produce images that people were thinking. What is this? This is uh, Next Mind. It looks horrible, man. Brain computer interface decodes neural activity in real time. Yeah, so that's kind of the same thing then. Yeah. And then what that did is what it was actually visualizing things that people were thinking about on a very rudimentary level, but you could actually recognize stuff. Maybe this is kind of similar, Bro, but now it's I like need this in my life. I need it, Alex. I need a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> I need this. Well, if he I want was this. listening now, he's certainly no longer listening. Look, I'll show. Wait, I'm gonna get something. I'm gonna show you something. I can get it. This. Okay, right. You see what this is? This. I is don't it. see anything. I just need this app. Oh shit! Oh yeah. Sorry. My bad. My thing. bad. Okay. So this, right? What are these even that? called? I forgot the name. So this is like a, it's like a wristband. I bought this on a Kickstarter. I had two of them. So you slip them around your wrist, like your arm like this. Yes. And they actually read your muscles. So you can, like, you know how you can have a presenter for Logi, uh, Logitech presenter for when you're doing a keynote. So if yep. you use this, I can just do hand movement. So I can do this. Right. Or That's this. That's like the musical slides. instrument. That's now getting there. There's yes. also in artists, they're getting a musical instrument where they held something in their hand. And if they change their hand, then their voice is pitched to an octave higher or lower. There's some artists performing with it now oh, yeah. on, uh, Mayo, on Mayo gesture control handband. So I had two of these. I gave oh. one away and I never got it back. To bo I borrowed it. But the thing is, I bought these and I thought it was amazing. And I hate to say this. But I only use them three times in like a, in 10 years or I don't know, eight years as long as I've had them. The thing is just that when I bought these and these were Kickstarters, there was just too many challenges in using them. So I don't know if they still exist and if they have better op versions now, but I don't think it ever really took off because if you look now online for presenta presentation clicker, it doesn't show you any of these devices. It only shows you the traditional button thing. So. Apparently, it just didn't take it, it also kind of solves a very slight, a small use case, right? I mean, if you could at least control it for more expressive things, like I said, like artists singing and changing their voice, or maybe some some digital artist changing, I don't know, something on a synthesizer during a performance. You you can never have enough inputs for that. But just yeah. just for clicking through PowerPoint, you just click, right? Yeah, but I don't know. It, <laughs> whenever you see sci-fi, you always feel like the future is, you know, doing this with everything <laughs> and then when actually stuff comes out that makes that possible nobody nobody uses no one cares. it <laughs> yeah true uh, all right cool well um i was i thought we were at the end of this episode about 20 minutes ago and then we kind of went into a totally uh down a new rabbit hole which i, I love going down rabbit holes but we've been talking for 50 minutes and uh, we did agree that, that this podcast should be around an hour so it's time to kind of round up so let's see what's uh what's up this week we always do a little uh, look ahead for the channel of course so this week we're gonna have a round table session on governments so that's next tuesday is that correct ronald uh, it's on tuesday right i'm not sure actually it's, maybe i'm pretty sure it's on tuesday yes um i i i'm, I'm I, wait is this even correct because it also still talks about 
think this is correct. So for, for those of you, did, did, I feel horrible, but my intern Nicola is off one day. It's total chaos. It's total chaos, literally. Like, I have no idea whether this script is actually correct. <laughs> but um, yeah, round table session uh, on Tuesday in Metaverse Exploring Group, of course. So once a month we have a round table. And every Tuesday we have, of course, or every Wednesday, every week, there's a Metaverse Exploring Group, which I highly recommend joining sometime. It's super, uh, super, uh, super uh, interesting. But the roundtables are definitely the best events. So there's another roundtable this Tuesday about governance and particularly the importance of uh, the topic for the Metaverse. Well, that kind of made sense. Kind of guessed that. Um, it says here that, and this is something we announced last week, was that we were going to do a meetup in Amsterdam with Mitamundo on the 20th of May. However, due to unforeseen circumstances at the metamundo headquarters uh and the other sponsors straight fire being busy uh with a fashion virtual fashion event afs i think it was uh we've decided to move this uh this live event to june so it's gonna take it's gonna take um place at the end of june so i don't know the exact date right now um, although I can give it a guess, it's probably gonna be Friday the 24th of June, I think. Friday the 24th is, is most likely. Um, but I'll let you know, I'll let you guys know, uh, or anybody watching next week. Uh, so that's it for now. Ronald, thank you so much for being an amazing co-host this week. Thank you for, uh, having me. It's, uh... It's been, no, I wanted this. This is my wrap up window, but now there's no Ronald. It feels kind of bad. Maybe, maybe I'm just going to go back. Okay. So, um, yeah. if you guys enjoyed this, if you guys enjoyed this episode, if you guys enjoyed State of the Metaphor so far, please make sure that you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Make sure that you like, give us a like on Spotify or Apple iTunes if you're on there. We could use that. I want to get as many likes on there as possible. Currently, I think we're at zero. So, any of you that are watching this right now, please go over to Spotify and iTunes and, uh, and give us a star there. Um, subscribe on YouTube. Uh, say hello in the Telegram chat if you're there. Um, and if you have any ideas for speakers or topics for the state of the metaverse, make sure that you let us know in the comments. We look forward to it. And I promise you, I will personally uh, look into it to see if we can make that happen. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, that's it for this week. And uh, see you next week. Tank, Lotus up. Ronald is very silent. And I'm looking I for am. this button. What, the music? There it is. There it is. You can't hear it. <laughs> what is it? Especially Are you rickrolling everyone again? I had to rickroll the audience. I always do. Bye, everybody.